What's up, bro? <laughs> What's up, church? You sound good. You happy to be in church? I believe you today. What's up, Littleton, Lakewood, Arvada, Austin, Texas? What's happening in Austin? We love you. Brussels, Belgium, we love you so much. And men and women at both Got Behind Bars campuses, you are family. We believe in you, and we're so glad you're with us today. We're in this series called Mixtape, a relationship series. How many of you guys are enjoying this series so far? Didn't Ronnie do great last week? Not bad for 14 years old, you know what I mean? How many of you, let me hear, let me, I want to hear you at this campus, and I'm asking you to make some noise at all locations. How many of you, if you are married, make some noise? <laughs> sounds like some happily married people. If you are single at all locations, make some noise. <laughs> oh, single people, you got to turn it up a notch. If you are single and you are here right now, scoping and hoping, make some noise. <laughs> hey, I just want to help. We're in this series called Mixtape. Urban Dictionary says this about mixtape. A homemade music compilation, usually on cassette or CDR, remember the CDR, that contains all your favorite tracks, Often you give such a compilation to the guy or gal of your fancy in hopes that it will help you win their heart. There's no way that girl can say no. I made her the greatest mixtape ever. The mixtape has evolved, I understand. In fact, some of you are so young, you're going, I don't know what this thing is you speak of. I share playlists. That's what I do. Right? So that's what we do today. We share playlists. I get it. But how many of you are just old enough that you actually burned a couple CDs in your day? You burned a CD for somebody? <laughs> yeah. And how many of you are old enough that you actually made or received a mixtape on a cassette tape? Oh, come on, church. There was the, the, the ones of you that were spoiled, you had the dual cassette deck. And you could take music from one tape to the other tape. You press play over here. You press, press play and record. If you're under 30, you don't know about press and play and record at the same time. You press play and record at the same time. Right? But the original gangsta, the OG of mixtape makers was the single cassette boom box. Somebody make some noise if you had a boom box. <laughs> See, those of you who all you know is sharing playlists, you don't know what we went through. We had to work for our music. There was no Spotify. There was no iTunes. We weren't YouTubing our favorite song. If you wanted to hear the song, you had to listen to something called a radio. And if this could take days, this could take weeks for you to time it just right to hear the DJ say, at 95.7, it's your total FM. Tonight on the... Top 40 countdown, coming in at number nine, we've got Firehouse, Love of a Lifetime. And it would sound like this. Come on. We can worship to that. <laughs> Some of you are like, I did. 
And you hit record when it comes on the radio. You got to catch the songs that you need, but you don't want. See, making a mixtape, it's an art, but you got to understand a mixtape is a relational weapon, right? So you got to know what kind of battle you're trying to fight. You're trying to get a date, different songs. Somebody just break up with you, different songs, right? You're trying to make a point to somebody who just broke your heart, you might re hit record on something like this. You've been there. Come on. That's right, that's right. I'm gonna make a statement. <laughs> I'm gonna make a statement with my mixtape, right? And it's so, so I'm gonna let you know. And, and then you've got, you've got Journey and Chicago and Whitesnake and Poison and Def Leppard and Bon Jovi and Cinderella. I could keep going. How many of you, that's your music? <laughs> so, so there's a lot of silent faces on the front row like, I don't, how old are you, bro? I don't, none of it. I don't get it. <laughs> and girls, now girls, you still do this. You just call it a playlist. But girls in the 80s would make themselves a mixtape. <laughs> and usually it was done with a lot of tears in your room by yourself, putting every sad song you could find on a mixtape. And in the 80s, you then put the tape in your Walkman, put on your little furry headphones, lay on your bed, look at your poster collection and cry. That's what you did with your own mixtape. Some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we called this series Mixtape because the truth is, no matter how old you are and whether you use playlists or you burn a CD or you actually had a mixtape on a cassette, here's what we know. Music and mixtapes move people, right? And our goal in this series is we're asking God to move our relationships closer to what he has had in mind for us all along. And so that's what we're talking about in this series. If you have a Bible, turn to Genesis 24. Those of you who made an actual mixtape, your Bible has paper in it. Those of you who use playlists, you have your phone, whatever works. Get to Genesis chapter 24. Today we're going to make a dating mixtape. A dating mixtape. Now, um, a lot of you married people made a lot of noise. Don't tune this out. Um, I'm going to talk to the single people of our church today for sure, but don't you dare t tune this out if you're married, because here's what I know is as married people, we need to know everything we can about dating God's way, because there's people in our lives that we love, that we care about, that we mentor, that we want to share this with. In fact, a bunch of you are still raising kids. I saw a website this week for the music industry, and it was called How to Release a Single, and I thought, that's what us parents need to know. How to release a single, because that's what we're called to do as parents. We are called to release singles into this world, aren't we? I got three of them at home that I'm called to release into this world. I need to still know what God's word has to say about dating, okay? So married people, don't tune this out. Plus, I'm going to challenge all of us married people in the middle of this talk anyways, so you're going to want to stay tuned. But dating, dating mixtape, if you're single, heads up, all right? I'm going to give you four titles today to put on your dating mixtape. Whether it's a tape, a CD, or a playlist, you can decide. All right, but we're gonna get four titles for our dating mixtape. In, in uh, Genesis 24, Abraham is, is talking to his guy. And, and he says, look, my life's about over. 
I know that I'm coming to the end of my life, but what's most important to me right now is that my son Isaac finds a wife, okay? And so he says, what you promise me, you're gonna go help my son Isaac find a wife, and, and they make a promise, and in fact, you gotta read it for yourself because it's kind of weird. They put their hand under each other's, other's thigh to make the promise, and I know we're in a relationship series, but I'm not even gonna get into that stuff today. I'm gonna let Doug do that, and so, 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 so they, 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 they make this promise, and he says, I got you. I'm gonna go find your son Isaac a wife, and he gets the crew, and he loads up the camels, and he takes off. And, and before he does, Abraham spends a lot of time talking to him about where to go and where not to go. And, and we're gonna get back into that here in a minute, but if you're single, that is so huge. It's so huge. Where you look determines who you find. I'm telling you, single people. So we're gonna get into this here in a second. But he says, don't go here. I want you to go to this very specific place. Go find my son, a wife. And so he's got the crew, he's got the camels, and here we go. Title number one for today's dating mixtape comes to us from the, a theologian named John Bon Jovi. Come on, somebody knows it. We'll make it us. Again, the front row's like, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. Title number one. Living on a prayer. Let's read Genesis 24, verse 12. Then he prayed. This is Abraham's guy. Then he prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. Church, I wanna tell you something that you already know, but I wanna remind you today because um, some of us, we just need a good reminder. God's power works in and through people who pray. Who you choose to spend the rest of your life with will be one of the greatest decisions of your entire life. Why would you ever approach this without asking for the power of the creator of the universe to get involved in this journey with you, right? God's power works in and through people who pray. And so I wanna challenge you on two aspects of your prayer life today. One is talking to God, one is listening. I wanna talk about listening first, and here's why. Because every single person in here has got the talking to God about help me find a wife already down pat. Every single person in here is like, you don't need to tell me to pray, but what do you think I pray about? That's all I pray about. God, help me find a husband. God, help me find a wife. That's the first thing I do in the morning. It's the first thing I do before I go to bed. If I get up in the middle of the night to pee, I'm like, God, just in case I forgot, help me find a wife. Like. <laughs> Single people know, right? You're like, you don't have to tell me to press. All I, okay. I wanna ask you about your listening, though. Because, get this, if you're gonna have a conversation with the creator of the universe, the one who created relationships, the one who created love, who created us, who created marriage, wouldn't it be crazy to be the only one talking in that conversation? Yet, that's what some of us do. I remember being single, and I remember praying all the time, God, help me, help me, help me, show me, right? And I would clearly explain to God why it was so important and exactly what he needed to work out. How crazy, like, we want to let him do part of the communicating. He created relationships, he, relationships, he created marriage, he created the whole thing. We don't wanna be the only ones talking. We wanna be listening, and we do that by just getting in the Word and saying, God, talk to me. We do that by actually going into a conversation with God and just shutting up for a while. 
You know, you can do that. You can go into your prayer time and you don't have to talk the whole time. You can go into your prayer time and say, God, you talk to me. You empower me, you equip me, you guide me. I don't just want your power working in my life and in my relationships, I need your wisdom. One of the first times, in fact, I would tell you it is the first time I ever think I heard God talk to me. And, and when I say that, in case you're new to this whole deal, like, I didn't hear anything, okay? But, but for me, when I feel like God talks to me, usually it's when I'm in prayer and not talking or I'm in the word and I just get a thought. And it's so, it's so crystal clear sometimes and I'm just like, I know that was from God because I never would have came up with that and I don't even like it, right? <laughs> And, and, and so, so I was doing what every single adult man does after he gets saved. I was praying that he would bring me a Christian girl. And I clearly explained to him that, God, this is what I need and this is why I need it. And she'll be such good accountability. And I'm going to do relationships different from now on, God. And she'll push me closer to you. And I'm going to do relationships your way. God, I just need the right girl. And see, what, what God knew that I didn't want to admit at the time is I'd been codependent on relationships ever since I'd been an adult. And what God knew is, is no, you, know, you don't actually need anyone else right now. What you need to do is learn to depend on me for the first time in your life. You need to build a foundation on me for the first time in your life and get this so that I can make you into the man of God you know you can be so that when you meet the right person who's a woman of God, she's actually interested in you. Andy Stanley used to say, are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? And some of you single people, I'm not saying what, what God would say to you and what he wouldn't today, but some of you need to at least be open to this. Maybe, just maybe, I need to pray less. God, help me to find somebody else. And maybe I need to start praying what Ronnie talked about last week. God, help me to find myself in you. Help me to become the person that you want me to be. I don't want to be codependent on relationships my whole life. I want to be dependent on you so that when I get into a relationship, I can enjoy it the way I was created to. That's not what he said, but that's what I believe he meant. What, what he said was, and I, and I know it was him, I was like, God, just bring me the right person. God, I need a girl. God, what he said was, you don't need a girl, you need me. And I thought, I don't, I've, I've heard people say before, like, God said to me, and I think it just happened. And, and there was a girl at the church that I was interested in pursuing, and, and, I, and I decided, I think God just spoke to me, and so although I really have always been codependent, and I really want this right now, I'm gonna not do that, I'm gonna just spend time with God, and what I didn't know at the time is that decision allowed me to actually meet Jill, who I've now been married to for 20 years as of a month ago. I want to ask you, are you listening, single people, in your prayer times? Are you asking God to actually guide you, not just telling him what you want? It'll change your relationships. And now let me talk about the talking, and let me talk to the married people. I want to ask you married people, how often are you praying for your spouse? Listen, what if... If God's power actually works in and through people who pray, what if you actually prayed for your spouse more than you tried to win the argument? What if you actually prayed for your spouse more than you tried to be right? What if you prayed for your spouse more than you complained about what they're doing? What if you prayed for your spouse more than you spent time wishing they would change? Because listen, I'll tell you what's gonna happen. 
God's power works in and through people who pray. So you start praying for your spouse, it's gonna start changing you. It's gonna start changing your heart. You're gonna start seeing things from your spouse's perspective like you never have before. You're gonna start wanting them to win like you never have before. You're gonna be able to forgive quicker than you ever have before. Your decision to pray for your spouse may be the very thing that begins to bond you two in a way that you've never experienced before in your relationship because God's power works in and through people who pray. We gotta pray for our spouses, church. We gotta pray for our spouses, we gotta pray for our future spouses. We gotta pray for our kids' spouses because God's power works in and through people who pray. And this is not just a fancy uh, statement at, at church during a sermon. Like, I've just experienced it in, in ways that have just blown me away. And in fact, one day, me and Jill were sitting in the auditorium of the church that we met in in, in Illinois, and we were engaged. And we were, so this was like a little over 20 years ago. And we were 11. And, um, <laughs> wasn't that funny? And uh, <laughs> we're talking, and we're talking about the wedding, because when you're engaged, that's all you do. Can I get an amen, Casey? Amen. That's all you do is talk about the wedding when you're engaged, okay? And so we're talking about the wedding. And, my, and Jill says to me, she goes, she goes, you know, I knew you were gonna propose. I said, no, you did not. I was so stealth. Like, you had no clue that was coming. I rocked you with that. You had no idea that was coming. And, and she's like, no, I knew. I knew before you asked me out. I said, stop it. No, you did not. Stalker, okay? And, and she, no, no she, goes, she goes, no, I did. She goes, I knew it the first time I heard your testimony at church. And I said, well, I don't understand. And she got out her calendar. And she goes, see, in your testimony, you said that it was that day of last June when you sat down to take your own life because you were so depressed and drug abusing and suicidal and such a wreck and you didn't think you could make it and it was the lowest point in your life and it happened right there and she pointed to the counter and I went, yeah. She said, see, what you don't know is is I was praying that exact day on the other side of the country and God said, you need to start praying right now for your future husband, and it's not the boy you're dating. And she said, I went to my mom, and I said, Mom, I don't understand it. I don't know what's happening, but we need to right now start praying for my future husband. Two women on the other side of the country that I had never met started praying for me at the lowest point in my life when I thought God didn't care and didn't have a plan. He was actually doing miracles in the spiritual world. He had women on the other side of the country praying for me. I'm telling you, church, God's power works in and through people who pray. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your future spouse. Pray for your kid's spouse. It changes things. Title number one for our dating mixtape is living on a prayer. Title number two, location, location, location. I'm telling you, single people, location matters. Let's go back to the story. Verse 24, we're gonna recap verse 12. Then he prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham, make me successful today. He said, I want God's power working in me. Show kindness to my master Abraham. Now watch this. See, I am standing beside this spring. 
and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. See, he knew, I'm not going there to find a wife for Isaac because I know the kind of girls that hang out there. I'm going to that town. That's where I'm going. And I'm standing at this spring because I know the girls from that town come to this spring every day to get water. And when you're looking for a spouse, location matters. He says, oh, I'm praying because I want God's power working in and through me, but I'm also putting myself in the right place. He would later say this as he was praising God for the miraculous way that he found Rebecca, who would later become Isaac's wife. He said, I praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who led me on the, that's it, who led me on the right road to get the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. He'd go, oh yeah, I'm praying, but I'm also on the right road, going to the right places, because that's where I meet the right people. See, too many of you single people, and you know I could pass this mic around every single location, and there would be single people all across this church that would go, see, I did the opposite. I spent years going down the wrong road, going to the wrong places, meeting the wrong people. But that's just what culture says to do, right? I mean, that's what Flowrida teaches. at you sinners. See, that's what Flowrider says. You want to find the one? Get to the club. Go to the dance floor. Start watching. Look for the apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Baggy sweatpants. Reeboks with the strap. I'm so old, I had the Reeboks with the strap. They were sick, too. Hey, I'm telling you, I could pass this mic around every single location and people would get real serious real quick and go, that sounds fun. It doesn't work. And let me tell you my story. And let me tell you how many times, because I, I, I was created to crave love, I wanna be loved, and, and so I'm just trying to do what God has created me and be the person God's created me to be, and I'm looking for a spouse, but I was going about it all wrong, and I went down the wrong roads to the wrong places, ended up hanging out with the wrong people, hooked up with the wrong person, and now all I have is regret. Even if you haven't grown up in church, you probably know the story of Samson and Delilah, Samson was a, was a man who had this unbelievable calling on his life, and he hooked up with the wrong girl, and it cost him everything. And the first time I read that story, if you would have asked me, like, when did he make his biggest mistake? I would have said, when he hooked up with Delilah. But see, I've read the story enough now that I realize, no, that's not when he messed up. Oh, that was a bad part of the story. That didn't turn out well for him. That's not when he made the biggest mistake. Read the story. His parents begged him not to go to Timnah in the first place hunting for a wife. His biggest mistake was he started going down the wrong road, heading to the wrong place, trying to find a wife. That's when he made his mistake. Location matters, single people. I'm telling you, location, location, location. If I were single, you couldn't get me out of the church. Now listen, I know you don't have to meet people at church. I get that. And listen, we got a big church, so everybody you meet won't be the right person at the church. You gotta know the difference, right? But it's a good start. 
listen, I'm raising three boys. My, my goal is to release three singles into this world and I'm gonna have them at the church nonstop. Because listen, if, if my boys want God in their life and they want a wife who's real passionate about having God in their life, what better place to start looking than the house of God, right? I would have my kid at youth group nonstop, parents. If I was in my 20s, you'd have to kick me out of YA every Thursday night. And listen, we can't do ministries for every single age group, right? We got a 30s, we got a 40s, we got a 70s singles mixer tonight. Like, we can't do that. <laughs> I'd like to go to it, though. That'd be hot. <laughs> See who's dropping it low. If I was single, I would be at, at least two services a weekend. In fact, we ask that of everybody who calls this place family. I'm gonna serve at one, and I'm gonna attend one. I'm gonna serve because we're a church that exists to welcome home prodigals, and we can't do that without a whole bunch of family members preparing the house for the prodigals to come home, so I'm gonna serve at one. But I'm also gonna be meeting people like crazy as I do, and then I'm gonna attend one, and get this, I'm actually gonna stay around and talk to somebody. I'm not just gonna sneak in and sneak out. I've talked to people who are like, yeah, I've been going here for years. Do you know anybody? Nope. But I'm the first one of the parking lot. You could hang out. You could actually meet people. You could get in a life group. That's where I met my wife, just saying. You could get in a life group. Location matters. You want to, not only do you, do you want to say, look, God, I want your power working in and through my life and in and through my relationships. I also want to put myself on the right road, going to the right place so that I can meet the right person. Can somebody say amen? amen. This is good stuff for the dating mixtape. Title number three, we get from a group of female theologians called the Spice Girls. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna. Some of you need to start focusing on what you really, really want. And you need to make a list and you need to figure it out ahead of time. You need to know what you're looking for before you start looking. Listen, listen, listen to this. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, People perish. Where there is no vis vision, relationships get ruined. And a lot of regret happens. Single people, you need to know what you're looking for before you go looking. Because if you don't, all you see is like biceps or curves. And you're texting your friends, and what are they like? And you got no words to describe them. I have fire emoji, like they're hot. And hey, if, if I'm making a list, the fire emoji's gonna be near the top. But it can't be the only thing there. Because I promise you, father, time, and gravity will win eventually. <laughs> Have all the surgeries you want, gravity's gonna win. And you better have some characteristics in the spouse you choose that you wanna spend the rest of your life with that goes beyond the fire emoji. You gotta have a list. Not knowing what you're looking for ahead of time, it's like going to the grocery store hungry with no plan. <laughs> it's the same thing. 
Like, I know the kind of life I want. I want chicken breast and asparagus and some spices, but the problem is that's somewhere in the back, and it's harder to find, and I don't really have a list or a plan, and I'm hungry, and so the first thing I see is the candy aisle and then the little Debbie's, and then the ice cream. And I don't have a plan, and that looks yummy, so I just take that home. Oh, now I'm talking about some of your dating lives. <laughs> and then you get out to the parking lot and you eat three little Debbie's and half a tub of ice cream, go home, put your fat pants on, feel regret and depressed. <laughs> and what do you say? I'm never eating again. <laughs> looks like some of your dating lives, doesn't it? I don't know, it looked yummy, I just took it home and now I feel regret. <laughs> I'm never dating again until next month when I'm hungry and I go back to the grocery store with no plan. Right? Somebody told me when I was in a young adults group in Illinois, someone said, you need a plan because you're a wreck. And so I, I got a little card and I wrote out 10 things that I was looking for in my future spouse. I would challenge you parents, have your kids do this. I would challenge you singles, do this. Start writing out in a lot of prayer and heartfelt thinking, what's the kind of person that I wanna spend the rest of my life like? Put the fire emoji on there. I did. But I tell you what I also had, I also had things like woman of God, kind, generous, loving, patient, and, and I made this list, and I didn't know this was gonna happen, and I wasn't smart enough to make the list myself. Somebody told me to do that, but the night I asked Jill, you, you didn't know I was such a romantic, the night I asked Jill to marry me, I gave her two things. I gave her a ring, and I gave her that list. Wow. And I said, this is not just an emotional thing for me. I've been thinking about this, I've been praying about this for a long time, and you are everything I want in a wife, and here's the proof. And listen, what I didn't know, no, don't clap yet, clap in just a second, it'll be even nicer. <laughs> what I didn't know is she would frame that, and it's sitting on our dresser today 20 years later in marriage. Now you can clap, because that's pretty cool. <laughs> Single people, you need to be asking yourself what you really, really want before you go shopping especially when you're hungry. <laughs> Title number four. Living on a prayer, location, location, location. Ask yourself what you really, really want. And title number four for today's dating mixtape is sold out. Sold out. Conrad, the uh, campus pastor here at Littleton, was wearing a T-shirt the other day. And I was like, man, that thing looks dope. Forget the fact he looks like a Greek god. <laughs> if I had a t-shirt like that, I would look like that. <laughs> and so I asked him, I'm like, dude, I've seen you wear two of these shirts. Like, I love them. Where are you getting them? And he gave me a website. And that night, I went home. Like, I was on the website before the 6 p.m. service got out, all right? I'm on the website looking at these t-shirts, and I'm texting Connor. I'm like, bro, what's your problem? I can't get any of them. I'm like, none of the ones I want are left. There's a, there's a pink one, I'm not cool enough to pull that one off. There's that yellowish thing, and I don't, gross. And then there's some inappropriate graphics, I get too many emails if I preach in that one. And I can't like, 
and, and here was my text, and here's a line I hope every single, single person goes home with today. Here's what I told Conrad. All the good ones are sold out. All the good ones are sold out for Jesus. That's what you're looking for, single people. You're not looking for, I've been to church before. My family goes to church. I was baptized as a baby. I'm a spiritual person. No, you're looking for, this was my life. This was the day I gave my life to Jesus. This is how my life has changed since. And this is how I pursue him today. You're looking for sold out. Let's go back to our text, Genesis 24, starting in verse 50. Abraham's guy meets Rebekah. He said, I'm praying. I put myself at this well. Then he went into this whole thing. He said, God, if she's the one I'm looking for, then let this happen. Let her do this. Let her say this. He had a list. He knew what he was looking for before he ever met her. And then he meets her and he's, he's like, man, I think this thing's from God. I think this is God. So he goes back to her house, meets the family, has dinner, spends the night they have breakfast the next morning, cinnamon roll Sunday. They have breakfast the next morning, and then he has this conversation. He's talking to dad and brother. Laban and Bethuel, oh, oh I'm sorry, and, and, and I didn't put that verse in there. And he said, hey, I think this is from God. Can I take Rebecca back to where I live to meet Isaac? I forgot that, all right? Now we pick it up. Laban and Bethuel answered, this is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here's Rebecca. Take her and go and let her become the wife of your master's son as the Lord has directed. They're like, hey, it's just how we live. This is probably why Abraham wanted his buddy to look in this area for a wife. Because this family, dad says, I mean, we don't even need to have a conversation. I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting my daughter to meet somebody at a well today and you to ask her to move to go meet your, your friend's wife. I wasn't expecting that. But see, here in this, we, we decided a long time ago, in this house, in my house, we will serve the Lord. So there's not even a conversation to be had. Well, then mom walks in the room. Mom goes, hey, whoa. Love the speech, whoa. She says, am I the only one who thinks practically in this entire house? Can we let this breathe for just a minute? Like just a few, a week and a half, can we think about it before my daughter moves away? Here's, here's what she says. But her brother and her mother replied, let the young woman remain with us 10 days or so, because this is crazy. And then you may go. But he said to him, do not detain me. Now that the Lord has granted success to my journey, send me on my way so I can go to my master. And then they said, well, let's call Rebecca in here. Let, let's call the young woman and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and asked her, will you go with this man? I will go, she said. See what she's saying there is, you heard my dad. I, I, my, my mom thinks the same way. She, and she's gonna let me go. She just wants to let it breathe for a second but you heard my dad. It's how we live. We know this is from God. We weren't expecting it. 
this isn't comfortable. This isn't gonna be easy for me. I, I'm gonna walk away from my family. I'm gonna walk away from my life. I didn't see this coming. I didn't have a long engagement. I, I, none of this was on my radar. But if this is from God, see, I just happen to be one of those girls that sold out. So yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen next, but I know God's calling me, so I'll go. And I think if we could ask Isaac today, tell us about Rebecca. Talk to the single people within our church family. Talk to us parents who are trying to release singles into the world. What do we wanna teach our kids? What do we wanna tell our loved ones? What do we wanna be doing for ourselves when we're single? I think Isaac would say the number one thing you want is sold out. And listen, listen, it's not because it's just, marriage is not just about companionship in the here and now. Marriage is about your destiny. Marriage is about your future. Marriage is about the calling God has on your entire life. Go back and look at some of this story. I don't have time to read it. But at the beginning, when Abraham's talking to his right-hand man, his, his, his guy says, hey, if let's say I go to this place you're sending me to, and I find a girl, and let's say she happens to be the one. I think she's got a whole lot of the characteristics that Isaac's gonna be looking for. What if she won't come back with me? Should I have Isaac go there? And Abraham gets very defensive. And he says, absolutely not. And he starts talking about calling and purpose and destiny and God's promises. He says, no, 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 you don't understand. God has made a promise to me and my son and my family. And the promise and the calling, it's in this land. It's right here. So Isaac can't leave. Don't you dare allow a woman in his life that will pull him away from the calling that God has on his life. My son's looking for sold out. Women, don't you dare let a man in your life who will pull you further away from the calling God has on your life. You're looking for sold out. It'll affect where you go in life. It'll affect the calling God has on your life. And, and, and again, I, I'm not just trying to give you some fancy church talk today. Like, I've lived this one. I told you, me and my wife just celebrated 20 years. And, and you guys know, like, so many milestones in life and you just, you feel like you blink and all these years go by. A little over 14 years ago, about 15 years ago, we had a one-year-old. We had just spent a year and a half building a house. And our friend was a custom home builder. And it was everything we'd ever wanted, everything we'd ever dreamed of. The yard was like an acre backed up to a forest. I mean, it was just, for Illinois, it was beautiful. And, and my, we had multiple family members who had moved to town just because we lived in this town. We both had great jobs. All of our family was there, not all, but a lot. All of our best friends were there, making great money, had health insurance. My wife was pregnant with our second child. We spent a year and a half building that house. We'd been in it for about a week. Hadn't even unpacked yet. And I came home one day and I said, hey, I got an idea. I think God spoke to me today. What if we sold everything? I don't even know if we'll get our money back. And what if we quit our jobs and lost our health insurance? I know you're pregnant, <laughs> get this. Stay with me. And what if we lost our health insurance and we, and we moved to a different city with no friends and no family and maybe Chad. <laughs> and we started a church. Well, I won't have a job. <laughs> I don't know where we'll live. <laughs> I don't know how we'll pay this mortgage while we're there because we'll both be unemployed. 
we think. Listen, a whole bunch of really good Christian women would have throat punched me. But see, my wife, she's sold out. She said, that sounds scary. She said, but if you think God's talking, then we got to go. And I've never, I've known this for 20 years. I don't deserve the wife I have. And I'm one of those guys that married way up. But I do know this. I live in Denver, Colorado right now and get to be a part of this thing called Red Rocks Church because 20 years ago, I married a woman who was sold out. It's not just about you right now. That's why it's so important, single people. It's about your future. It's about your destiny. It's about your calling. I know dating's hard. I know it's scary. I know it's awkward. Sometimes it's so fun and exciting and exhilarating. And sometimes it's just heartbreaking and things don't go the way you thought they would. And then you're alone in the weekends and you're watching other people. The whole I get it. And sometimes in dating, you're tempted to make quick decisions because you're lonely. And I know it sucks. Like being lonely and single sucks. But I'll tell you what's way worse, single people. And you need somebody to tell you this. Being married and lonely is way worse. Don't settle for less than sold out. That's what you want. Would you put those four titles back up? For our dating mixtape. Make sure you're living on a prayer. You want the power of God working in and through your relationships. Make sure you're listening and spouses. Let's start praying for our spouses so much that it begins to change things. Location, 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 because when you're hunting for a spouse, location matters. Make sure you know what you really, really want before you start the hunting process. And then don't you dare settle for somebody who's less than sold out because you deserve that. God wants you to have that. He wants you to experience that. He wants your marriage to be you two pursuing his calling together and you can have that. And I declare that over every single person in this church right now in Jesus' name. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you care about us. I thank you that you care about our marriages. I thank you that you care about our singleness. I thank you that you care about our lives. I pray for every married person in this church, God. Marriage is great and marriage is hard. Some are experiencing the greatness, some aren't. And for anyone right now struggling, I pray, God, for miraculous breakthroughs in the name of Jesus in some marriages across this church. And for those who are single, I pray, God, that you would guide them, that you would give them the peace and the strength and the confidence to stand on you first, get their identity in you first, and then let relationships be a bonus. And I pray, God, that your power would be working in and through them as they pursue a spouse in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, church. Let's worship.